0: Hey, good morning, Crossroads. Thank you so much for that warm welcome, Josh. And to you, I just honor you as a church. I, we, My executive assistant, Rachel, is with me. And as soon as we came through the doors, we were met with just such warmth and love. And you guys have such a wonderful church. You guys have fantastic pastors. I've been watching you guys online and your shepherds really do care for you and love you. And so it is an honor to be here with you today. And I have the privilege and honor of joining your message series called Sexpectations. And so we're gonna jump right into God's word in just a minute. So I hope you have your Bibles or your phone so we can get into God's word. And so I I love the title of this message series. We might go ahead and do this at Living Water in Illinois because I believe it's, it's something important that we need to discuss in the church to know and understand about relationships. And what I find is that many of us, we go into relationships, we step into marriage with limited knowledge about our biblical roles within those relationships. And for some of us, we had a limited example of what a healthy marriage looks like, but praise the Lord that he doesn't leave us alone. He gives us instructions on what our biblical roles are and how we can experience God's blessing within our marriage. So whether you're married, thinking about getting married, or you're a young person and you want to be ready for when the time comes, when God brings that future spouse into your life, it's important that we go to God's word to find out what God has planned for us. Because when we do it God's way, I believe that we'll experience unbelievable results. Maybe not perfection, but unbelievable results because it will be kingdom and Jesus centered. And so today, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5. And Ephesians chapter five is known for just instructions on the role of a wife, the role of a husband, and what the marriage represents. And so we're going to start at the end, and then we're going to work our way backwards. So we're going to start in Ephesians chapter five, verses 31 through 33. And it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And I want to pause there just for a second, because it, what that's saying is one plus one equals one. Well, the two will become one. And so in, in earthly principles, the math ain't mathin', okay? <laughs> but in God's principles, when we become one in Christ, there is this supernatural thing that happens because it's, not, it's a man and a woman making a covenant with God. And so we become one and it's a working from um, away from being individuals into becoming more one with our spouse. And in verse 32, it says, this mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray. Heavenly father, we just thank you so much for your word that you provide so generously to us so that we have clear direction and know how to live lives pleasing to you. And God, we just give our relationships over to you today and ask that you would work on our hearts. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. And we ask that you would give us revelation of your word. And if there's any areas where we're not in alignment with your word, would you convict our hearts and challenge us and give us the courage so that we can obey you in all things. We love you and give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I've entitled today's message, Marriage Math." Marriage Mass. Um, Years ago when I was in ministry school, I was so zealous for the Lord. I, he could have said, go to Africa and I would have gone to Africa. He could have said, stay here and I would have stayed there. I was just so ready for what God wanted to do in my life. I sent his calling on my life and I was just pursuing him with everything I had. And I was just so full of faith. Okay. Uh, what I what I thought was faith. And so when you're in that state and in that season, there's this mentality that you're kind of untouchable because God's got me. And so I was just going to school, studying, going after the Lord. And we lived, the girls were in one dorm and where we parked our cars, it was kind of open. There was no garage or anything like that. But because I was so full of faith, you know, I just, I left my car doors unlocked. You know, I would I would go to school and I'd just be like, all is well because the Lord's got me in his hands. I'm fulfilling my call. And I remember I was coming downstairs to go to prayer at 7.30 in the morning and I walk up to my car and let me just give you a little background. Before I had committed to fulfilling the call, I was engaged to a guy and he was, he was like the fast and the furious type of guy worth like the souped up cars. So I'm driving a low ride Honda. Okay. A Honda civic with the hatchback and the sound systems and the the rims and all the things. Okay. And the, the banging stereo system, all of the things. And so I'm walking up to my car and I noticed, I see in the window that my whole dashboard had been ripped out. And my stereo system's gone. There's wires just all over the place. My CD books. Do y'all remember CD books? (laughs) Carried like a hundred CDs, you know? Yeah, they always talk about texting and driving. Like back in the day, we were driving and like flipping the book, changing out the CDs. Remember MapQuest? You'd hold the papers. Like how dangerous to read MapQuest while you're driving. But anyway, (laughs) and I'm just standing there in disbelief because I had been robbed They pulled out my stereo system, everything. It was just gone. I was wiped clean. And so that was a rude awakening. And I, I had a friend who bless her heart. She, she thought it would be funny to poke a joke at me. And she bought me this little thing to stick in the window of my car. And it said, trust God, but lock your doors. I was like, thanks friend. I I really appreciate that. I learned a lot from there. I I've locked my doors ever since. And I believe that you can still trust God and lock your doors. And I share that with you because we don't want to leave our marriage doors unlocked for the enemy to come in (laughs) because we have an enemy and it's not our spouse, even though they feel like it sometimes they are not. They're not our enemy. We have a spiritual enemy that hates marriage. Marriage is under attack in our country, and it's because God instituted marriage and anything that God institutes, the enemy attacks. And he wants to infiltrate and he wants to, if God says we're supposed to become one and you notice the divorce rate, it continues to go up. Now, if you're divorced in here, listen, there is grace and there's no condemnation under the blood of Jesus. I'm here to say though, that we now have been given a standard for marriage that God has given us. And we need to lock our spiritual doors so that we don't let the enemy come in and steal. In fact, we need to hold marriage in high honor Hebrews 13, four says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. And so it is something that we need to have in high regard. When it comes to marriage, we honor marriage. There needs to be a culture of honor at Crossroad, that living water. There needs to be a heart posture that I'm going to Honor marriage. I'm gonna honor the marriage I'm in. I'm gonna honor those who are married. If you're not married, you're gonna honor those who are married, and that you are gonna step into marriage with a holy seer because you have a high honor. I heard years ago when you're you're going into marriage, go in with eyes wide open, both eyes open. But then when you get married, live with one eye shut. <laughs> Why? Because when you get into marriage, you see all the things, and so that love covers over a multitude of sins, but We need to keep Jesus as the center of our marriage, and that's the way we are going to honor marriage. And so we can lock our marriage doors and let God continue to make us as one, and this will allow us to have protected marriage against the enemy's uh, schemes against us. And so we're going to look today at the Bible's instruction about roles within our marriages, and we're going to look at the needs that we have as women and the needs we have as men. And we're going to allow God's word to speak to us today. And when I say roles, I'm not talking about who cooks and who cleans. That is something that that you have to define within your household and find what works for your family. I'm talking about biblical roles that God has assigned to us as men and women. And so before I move forward, I do want to recommend a book. You've probably heard it about it before. It's called Love and Respect. Uh, It came out when my husband and I got married in 2004, and we have referenced it since it's a fantastic book and it gives you insight about what, a, what a, the love the woman needs and the, the respect a husband desperately needs. And it's, it's just a powerful resource for you. But I want to start by asking this question. What would happen if we devoted ourselves to becoming the best spouse we can be? What would happen if we stopped noticing the lack within our marriage or the flaws within our spouse and we turned the attention to, God, what would happen if I could become the best spouse I can be. I believe God's gonna be glorified because marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. I believe we're gonna be a blessing to our spouse. I believe we're gonna model for our children what a healthy marriage is and what biblical roles are for husband and wife. I also believe it's gonna build our faith. How? Because there are gonna be some things we do, not because of our spouse, because we're doing it unto the Lord. There are times where God commands us, this is how you're supposed to be. And man, I sure don't feel like doing that. But if God says I'm supposed to do that, regardless of what's happening, I believe it's gonna build our faith. God, I'm doing this unto you. And as we talk about honoring marriage, the Bible talks about how we can outdo one another in honor. In Romans 12, nine and 10, it says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. And this is in reference within the body of Christ. And and so it says in the body of Christ, we should outdo one another in showing honor. It's like, oh, you show me honor? Oh, I'm going to give you double honor. Well, I'm going to give you triple honor. It's a holy, healthy competition. How much more so should we show honor within our marriage with the one we have decided to be in covenant relationship that's only end by death. And so as we move forward, we're going to focus on what love and respect is for a woman and what love and, and respect is for a man. But we're, ladies, we're going to start with us because God addresses us first in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 20 through, 22 through 24. And it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the Church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. that's that's an unpopular word today is submission. And I believe it's gotten a bad rap about what it is, and i I, I believe it's because there's been ra- bad representation of what submission is. But ladies, if we can let God transform our thinking, submission is one of the most beautiful, freeing postures to be before the Lord, and I believe it will honor our husbands as well. And so we're supposed to submit because he is our head. I don't know if you've heard this joke. I heard this years ago, how uh, they say that the the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. And at first I thought that was, oh, that's funny. That's clever. Until I realized that 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 spirit is really not of God. It it has this controlling, manipulative spirit. And that is not what God has called us to be and how to posture ourselves. And it's so important, ladies, that we do not take on anything within our identity that God has not given us. Even if it sounds good, even if it sounds clever, it's important that we stick to what God has given to us. And the truth is, is we're not the neck. We're a crown. Proverbs twelve four says, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. <laughs> So ladies, I just, I wanna to speak to you right now. If you've ever struggled with your identity, if you've ever struggled with your value or your worth, listen, God calls us a crown. And this, this really speaks to the royalty and the, the heart posture of understanding who we are in Christ. And that we have this opportunity to be the crown of our husbands. And so this really speaks to his rulership and his high status, that we provide this glory to our husband when we are an excellent wife. So I looked up excellent because I I wanted to know. So in the Hebrew, it's, it's the word kahil, and it means strength, might, efficiency, wealth, and army. So this is what God calls us. He's saying we provide strength. There's a mightiness to us. There's an efficiency about us. There's a wealth, and that may not Always equal an uh, uh, in income. Sometimes that just means we are wise stewards with the finances that pass through our home. It might mean that we are frugal with the resources God has given us. It it might mean that we just have this gift to multiply. How many of you like to shop bargain shopping? Where it's like I don't want to pay full price for that. Like I I can pay, I can pay wait two weeks and I can get that on clearance. Listen, God has given us this gift to multiply the resources He places in our hands, and this all this all bring strength and royalty to our husband. And I love that it has the word army in there. What does that mean? Listen, wives, we have spiritual discernment where we can pray, we can call on God to move in spiritual ways, in spiritual matters, and we can believe that God's gonna show up. And I want us to ask this question. Does my husband feel like a king? Does he feel like the leader? Does he feel like the head? And what is it that I'm doing? Am I that crown that's on his head where he feels like he is that man of God that God has called him to be? Or do we bring shame, which brings rottenness? So our our words, they can either build up or they can kill slowly. And so I I was praying as I was studying, and I I wanted to answer the question, what can I say that every wife wants her husband to hear and understand? And what can I say that every husband wants his wife to understand, and so we're gonna we're gonna speak to the men really, or speak to the women about the men, and so we're gonna look at love and respect for a man, since we have been tasked with submitting to our husbands. And I i really became a a, a student of my husband, and uh, I've been married for we'll be married for almost twenty years, or we'll be married for twenty years in June, and I'm still learning. Yes, praise the Lord, and um, I'm still learning. And let me just challenge us stay a student of your spouse because there's always so much more to learn. And when we keep a teachable heart and posture, I'm telling you, our marriages are going to thrive. And so I asked my husband if there was a top three. This is not an exhaustive list. This was just the top three that he said, like, this is what communicates love and respect as a man. And his first answer was sex. They were in expectations. So we're going to go there, okay? And I, you know, I, and I wanted, I wanted to know more because I knew it wasn't just. I was like, I know there's a physical need there, and he's like, Yeah, that's not, that's not the, the heart of it. And I was like, Well, explain more. And he said, It's the connection. That was not the answer I was expecting. And he's like, It's just we go so much deeper when we're connected physically, and it really just gave me insight. Because ladies, when we know the why, man, we just serve. Women are just they're servers. They, they work hard. They'll just give, 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 give. And when we know the why behind things, because we don't always understand men because they're completely wired differently than we are wired men. I am sure you were an epiphany to you as well. And so we're hopefully we can learn something. And so when we lean in and say, what's the why? Like what what is it about sex that makes it so like the top? there and i'm not saying that this is the same across the board in in our genders but i'm just saying i believe that this is a general idea that that really does communicate love and respect to a man and the bible even says that we we don't even own our own bodies in first corinthians 7 3 through 5 it says the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband for the wife does not have authority over her own body but the husband does likewise the husband does not have authority over his own body but the wife does, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Okay, so God's saying, listen, you don't own your each other's bodies anymore. Serve each other in this way. And the only time that you may want to deprive each other is when you're going to a time of prayer. And then he says, ex- uh, it says, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So God is even saying here that number one, we give ourselves to each other and you can abstain for a while, but come back together because why? There's something supernatural that happens when we are thriving in our physical um, connection and intimacy. I was at a marriage conference several years ago and one of my friends, we were was speaking there and she said something that just challenged me and I have never been the same as since. And we were talking about sex and she said that, she told her husband and this was her own commitment that she told her husband she would never tell him no can i just tell you like conviction set in my heart because i was like wow that's a commitment right there and i said well if she can do it i can do it and I was like, God, work on me that if I'm able, that I'd never tell. And and I, there was something so powerful. And I so admire my friend for this, for her even saying that to her husband, because I can only imagine the relief, the safety he felt. Because ladies, you may not know this, but every time we say no, it is a form of rejection. And what I learned even in my own marriage, because it took me a while before I really understood how important sex was, that they can only be rejected so much and then they just stop. And so I I never wanted my husband to stop pursuing me. And so that challenged me to just say yes. If I can say yes, say yes. And so unless there's something physically that we can't do that I'm gonna say yes. I'm never gonna tell you no. So in in the middle of these, even though I'm I'm speaking to the ladies, I'm gonna interject some tips to to the men. And when we talk to the men, I'm gonna give some tips to the ladies. So I'm gonna give you guys a tip real quick because this is just gonna help. It's just gonna help within the marriage. And I don't know if you've ever heard this, but sex starts in the kitchen. What that means is if, if you wait, guys, if you wait till you're both upstairs in the bedroom at night to turn on the love vibe, you've missed it. And so sex starts in the kitchen. And whatever that means, whether that means doing the dishes, like literally... Or it means like, I see that she's overwhelmed with the kids. I'm going to take them away for a second. Maybe you just go do what you got to do. Or maybe she's overwhelmed at work and she's got all these things that she just needs to emotionally unload and just see whatever you need. Sex starts outside of the bedroom way before it happens. And let me tell you something about if you want to push a woman's button to get her to be ready, I'm just telling you, be there for her. Serve her before the bedroom and it will go a long way because it really, what it says is, is, I see you, I see what you're carrying and I'm coming alongside you, whatever you need, baby, I'm right here with you. The second thing that he said, and this kind of surprised me because it's so simple, but yet it was so deep. And the second thing he said is, is when he comes home from a long day, see what he needs and meet it. And he said, this really communicates love. And I've, I've known this, I've always learned like, you know, when your spouse comes home, like stop pause what you're doing honor them by just greeting them at the door seeing what they're needing but I I I wanted to I wanted to kind of dig a little bit more and find out what why is this so important. And he said when when you're when you've had a long day, you know, it just and you've not been together all day just to take a pulse on where he's at and you know maybe he had some hard difficult conversations he had to do maybe he's carrying a burden at work maybe there's some things going on in relationships at work that's just it's not and he's just coming home and we can be a safe place to find out what do you need and every husband's different and every day is different maybe he comes home and he just needs five minutes to just not people for a second maybe he needs a snack that's my husband like I'm learning. I'm like, get him some chips and salsa. When he gets home, he just needs to put something in his stomach and he's a new person, like whatever that is. But just that tension saying, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to stop what I'm doing, which is very difficult to do. And I'm going to greet you. And I'm going to kind of check and see where are you at and how can I serve you? And my husband said this. He said that if your husband feels disrespected, you're going to get a wall. And I don't know about you, but I've learned that I don't always know what is disrespect to my husband, and sometimes it comes across disrespectful, and I'm not intending it for it to be. But that's actually irrelevant. If it's just dis- if it feels disrespectful, I'm just gonna take him at his word, and I'm gonna learn. God, change my tone, change my um, way that I approach him. God, help me so that it doesn't come across dis- disrespectful. But He said, if your husband feels respected, he's going to melt. And that's the version I want of my husband. I want the melted version. Baby, what do you need? What do you want? And I'm telling you, I've seen both sides. And so I'm still learning after 20 years how to do that. And then the third thing is brag on how he provides. This builds him up. And it's, it's one thing to say you respect someone. It's another thing to show it. And so, and, and it doesn't always have to be the income he brings. Because sometimes men bring in large amounts. Sometimes it's small amounts. But even just bragging, God, baby, thank you so much for bringing this in. You provide so well. But look, look for the opportunities to brag on the other ways he provides. Man, when you are spending time with the kids and you are just loving on them and all, man, you provide so great emotional, you know, support to our kids and you're there for us. Sometimes it's just his stature for being there. My, my, me and my kids act differently when my husband is present. When my husband is present, it doesn't matter if we're going to the store or going out to eat. I just can be at rest because his physical stature is there and I feel protected by him. He provides that physical protection. You know, my kids feel better. Like there was one time we were in Chicago, 4th of July, and my kids and I got separated. We are going back to the hotel and there were thousands of people and we got separated from my husband. And you would have thought like, like we just lost the world. Cause my kids were like, are we going to make it back to the hotel? You know? And I'm like, Yes, we're going to make it back to the hotel. But as soon as you uh, subtracted my husband from the equation, it was this insecurity that rose up. But when he's present, and so those are the things. that's like, baby, thank you so much for providing for providing that protection for us. Rag uh, about how he provides in the different ways. And so now we're gonna we're gonna turn over to the husbands. And so we're gonna look at Ephesians five, and we're gonna read twenty five through thirty. And it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I love the model that Jesus has given us. He never commands us to do something he didn't do first. It says that he may, might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the word, washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkles or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. And so, men, you have this great calling to love your wife as Jesus has loved the church. And that is a high, high standard. But I believe that if God calls us to do it, the Holy Spirit will equip us and the word will strengthen us with confidence to fulfill our roles within marriage. And so I'm going to talk to uh, talk about what love and respect is for a woman. And so these are the top three things as I was boiling everything down, because there's a lot of shoots that you can go and a lot of tangents you can go. But I tried to pick the top three and ladies, I hope I represent well. But the first thing that communicates love and respect for a woman is spiritual leadership. And this provides vision. God allowed the husband to be our head and the priest of our home. And he implanted a desire in us to be spiritually led. That means that you are asking God, God, what is it that you have for this household, for my wife, for our kids? And Lord, lead me in that way. And then communicating that to the household. This is, you know, we say things in our house like Stingles don't do that. That's our last name. You know, if if there's behavior happening that does not match up, with our character and and our values as a family, we say see stingles don't act like that. Stingles don't do things like that, you know, because we're stamping our character. But cast that vision to your family. And maybe you're in this place and maybe your your husband is not saved or your spouse is not saved. And listen, it's so there's a huge temptation to see the lack. There's a huge temptation to to wanna speak so that we 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 address the things we want to see, but instead of coming it from that direction, man, we can come with a humble heart and say, you know, babe, what what do you see for us in five years? What do you see for us in one year? You know, um, what, what's some dreams that God has placed in your heart? How can I support you in that dream? And asking these questions will allow, maybe he's not thinking of that and that's okay. But I'm telling you, ladies, we can draw out the man of God in our husbands by asking those simple questions. Maybe it'll get him stirring and thinking and praying, because we can call our husbands up. And, and it's so important that we are so careful with the way that we speak and the way we carry ourselves. Cause there's there's another way that we could speak to our husbands. And it is not, it's not a good, good way. Proverbs 25, 24, it says, It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. I read this scripture years ago and I could just picture a rooftop with a man sitting on the side of the rooftop and it's raining and he's cold. And he's thinking it's better right here than it is to be in the house with that woman. (laughs) And I was like, Lord Let me never be that woman. Cause all of us are capable of being that. We can just be like, man, well, you didn't do this and work on that and blah, blah, blah. And that's really foolish. And it just drives a wedge in our relationship, but instead we can bring honor and be his crown or we can speak death and shame and it'll cause rottenness in his bones. I want to show a video, and, and it's a, it's an Instagram post that I did years ago. I, I, I We homeschool our kids, and so I did an experiment with our kids about the power of words. So don't mind my heim- homeschool voice. It is what it is. Um, but I just thought it was such a testimony to the word of God and what concerns our words. So take a look. Hey, guys, if you need an experiment to do with your kiddos or something you just want to do, even if you don't have kids, Look at how powerful this experiment is. We put rice in both of these jars, one that says love and hate. And we have been speaking words of love to this jar this whole week. And we've been speaking words of hate to this jar all week. And I want to show you something already. This, this jar, the rice is still doing amazing. Look, there's no mold. There's nothing. It looks fine. Look at this jar. I'm going to show you the power of words. It's real. That's mold. The power of words is real. Look at that mold. There is life and death in the tongue. That's the power we have with our words. And my kiddos are learning that lesson that it's literally real. I shared that at our uh, summer blast. That's our VBS for kids. And they were like, you messed with that rice. There's no way that's real. I said, we did not touch that rice. All we did to the love jar is said, oh, I love you. You're beautiful. You look fantastic today. You're going to do great. And then we spoke words of hate over the other rice. And we said, man, you're ugly. You don't belong here. There's no worth in you. And I'm telling you over the weeks we saw and we, we kept those jars for a long time. And all we saw was an increase of mold on the hate jar. And so that just shows you the power of our words. And ladies, it's it's so important because we can set the tone. We can set the atmosphere of our homes. Uh, my, when I travel, there are times where my husband will take our kids to Chicago and get a hotel and take them out to a restaurant and like just have the time of their lives when I'm gone. And I was like, hey, why do you do all these fun things when I'm not here? And he said, when you're gone, the house is just empty. And he's like, so we just have to get out of the house so we can forget that the house is empty. And so I was just like, thank you, Lord. Help me to continue to foster that because I'm just going to be honest and real with you. I'm not always that, okay? There are times where I believe my husband wants to run in the other direction because I'm so angry about something. So I hope you don't think there's anything more in me. I'm just a human that I'm still letting the Holy Spirit work on me. And I just have to repent and repent and repent and repent. And listen, we need to say sorry. Sorry. We need to say sorry to our husbands. We need to say sorry to our kids. They need to know what it looks like for a repentant heart. And so it's it, we, we have that power and it's so amazing to be able to set that tune for our households and for our husbands. But we need spiritual leadership, men. And so my prayer for you is that you would go with God and you'd get in your word and say, what, what do I want in the next year? What is God calling me to? And lead your household's Well, man, if you're like, man, I don't know much about the Bible. That's okay. Just say, baby, we're going to read. We're going to read Matthew chapter one together and that's it. And then pray together. And that is it. There are simple ways to provide spiritual leadership to your wife and your household. The second thing we need is we want you to chase your wife. We want to feel seen and appreciated. Got to chase her. Listen, you got to chase her to marry her. but listen. We don't want to stop being chased. We want to be pursued. We want to be seen by you. Notice your wife. Notice everything you can notice about her. We we want to be the most beautiful woman to our husbands. Listen, we don't need to be the most beautiful woman in the world. We just need to know that we're the most beautiful to you. That's it. And when you communicate that, we feel loved. And I'm just going to give you a tidbit, guys. Like, for women... Compliments expire. (laughs) I know. I know. You're like, but I told you you were beautiful. I will let you know if anything changes. I know. (laughs) But we wives cannot live off yesterday's compliments. I'm so sorry. And so you've just got to let, and and listen, find out what your love, it may, it may not be compliments. So you find out what your wife's love language, there's a book called The Five lo- Love Languages. It paints it all out there. And it, it may be physical touch. And man, she needs those hugs. She needs those um, unsolicited kisses and embraces. Listen, find out what is, man, if it's doing the dishes, if it's serving, find out what is her love language and just do it every single day. Maybe it's your goal. Just even just one thing a day where you're noticing your wife, you're you're serving your wife and watch, watch guys, watch the buttons and the the things that you unlock within your wife. And you can enjoy her. Listen, Proverbs 5, 18 through 19 says, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. And so men we feel so seen and appreciated and loved when you are intoxicated with us listen instead of filling up with something else you can be overwhelmed with how much you love your wife and and notice those things we don't need grand gestures we just need consistent gestures that's all we need that you we, you see us every single day there was something and, and it may seem so small and Signif- insignificant but I'm going to tell you because it was significant to me and um I'm I'm the one in the household that I, I restock things. If we need more toilet paper, if we need whatever, and like keep a tab in about the fridge, you know, all of the things I'm like, what do we need? And, and that's why, man, serving your wife is so beautiful because we're, we're the hub of information and there's just so much and it's constant and it never stops. And there's so many things that we hope that we can take off your mind and take off your plate. And just, just like you do, there are things that you guys men do that we never have to think about. And so ladies, let's be grateful for them in those ways. And the other day, my, my husband and I were getting ready in the morning and I had restocked the Q-tips and he was getting some out and he said, thanks so much for always restocking the Q-tips. He was like, if you weren't here, I wouldn't even know where to find the q <laughs> Can I tell you that was one of the greatest compliments of my life. No, but you know what I, what I mean is, I felt so seen and appreciated because it was such a small task but I do it just all the time. And sometimes you can feel like, man, they don't notice those things that you just do on repeat. You never have to be asked. You never have to be told. You just do it because you love your family. But when he said that compliment, I was like, baby, I will stock the Q-tips for the rest of our lives as long as I'm able. And it made me want to serve in more ways because some of those smallest things can make the biggest impact. And then the last thing is we need security. We need physical, emotionally, emotional, and financial security. And this is where not only do you logistically provide these things, but you communicate to us so that we're in the know. Us ladies, we like to know. We, I know we can't know everything. We got to trust in the Lord for the details, but it just communicates love and respect when you're saying, hey, I'm thinking about this. I know that we're right here. I just want to let you know that I know about that. And, and and it's so important, like just even your your physical presence, man, It it, it provides like n- nobody's going to be able to touch me or hurt me when you're around or even if you're not around, you're going to come to my aid if something happens. Like you're going to be that physical protection in my life. I'll, even financial security, listen, if you know where the budget is and you know, listen, we don't need overflows of money. We just need communication. We need to know that we're on the same page and maybe you know that things are tight and you're saying, hey, babe, I know that we're we're a little short this month, but we're going to make it. Everything's going to be OK. Those are comforting words to a woman. Even if, hey, we're going to be short a little, but here's what we're going to rearrange. We're going to we're not going to go out to eat. We're not going to do these things, but we're going to be just fine it is amazing the, the financial security that those small conversations give to a woman and mo, um, like one of the most important things is emotional security and i just want to just spend a, a moment here because it, especially if you you want to unlock the the expectations in your your marriage listen women need to feel that emotional connection before they have a physical connection and so there are so many ways that you can provide emotional support. One of them is just listening and not trying to fix. Listen, when your wife comes and she's like, I feel this way and I'm going through this. she All she needs is someone to validate her feelings, not fix her problems. a wife knows in her heart what to do or she's going to go to God and the word is going to give her wisdom on how to move forward. But so many times we're just carrying an emotional load and we just need to know that you're in our corner. And and listen, and and I'm not saying that her feelings are right because sometimes feelings are wrong, but she needs to know that you're there with her. And 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 she's like sitting on an emotional bench, and until she gets it all out, and she feels like I'm fully processed, just sit there with her, because you'll know when it's wrapped up, because she'll be like, okay, I'm good. All right, get back to work. Time to get back to life. But she needs that safety and that security to know you're there listening. And guys, I know, I know you're, you're gonna have to overcome this this feeling inside, like why are we still talking about this? Yes. I could have solved this in the first 60 seconds. Why do we talk when we could be doing something? And you can overcome those thoughts. Listen, if you can become a boss at validating your wife's feelings, you are going to unlo- unleash, and I'm, I'm going to say it, the freak in your wife. Uh, yeah. And I say that in church. <laughs> Husbands, don't you want your wife to be freaky with you? Cause she's the only one you can be freaky with and I'm telling you you can unlock stuff in her when she has that emotional security listen I'm, I'm just gonna give you some language if your wife comes and says man I was going through this and man they said this and oh can you believe they said that all you're gonna be like man I can't believe they said that and like man they treated me like this and it was so ridiculous man that is so ridiculous and you could just mirror what she's going through and even if you don't feel like it's accurate and even though you could have some things that you could share and be like this could fix the problem listen the quicker she feels like okay i'm not crazy and what they did was wrong but i'm going to go to the lord to heal me and heal that wound and i'm going to i'm going to do what i'm supposed to do listen the quicker you can grow and i believe you guys can be a boss at listening to your wife and providing that emotional security and so I'm, I'm gonna i want us to close today and i want us to close in prayer because god has called us wives to submit and respect our husbands unto the lord and husbands to love your wife as christ loved the church and listen the, the reason why we have the power to be able to do this no matter how hard it is at times it is because christ as a center gives us everything we need jesus came and lived a sinless life and he died on the cross for our sins so that we can be restored to a holy father. And listen, whenever I feel self-righteous or I feel like, man, I'm right in this situation and I just want to be prideful and just stand my ground. Listen, the Holy spirit pulls me aside and he tells me to look at the cross. (laughs) Listen, if there's dissension or disruption in your marriage, for prolonged periods of time is because people aren't taking time to just look at the cross because if you take any amount of time to look at the cross, every excuse in your being gets wiped away because if Jesus can die for my sins, if he can submit to the father's will, even though he was asking father, let this cup pass from me. Listen, he will give you the strength to be who you need to be in your marriage. And that's what it's all about. We're going to keep Jesus as the center. And so here's how I want us to close. I want, I want you to just bow your heads and bow your hearts before the Lord. And I want us to just commit ourselves, commit our marriages. If, you, if you've got your spouse with you today, or you've got your, you're in, you're in a relationship today and you're moving towards that. I want you to just grab the hand of your spouse. And I just want us to make fresh commitments to the Lord, but also committing ourselves. And what I want you to do right now is I want you to focus on. Lord, how how can I become the best spouse that I can be? Maybe you're in this place and you're single and you're not married yet. This is the best season to just say, God, work in me so that I can be uh, the best version of a spouse that when when your timing comes, I'm ready. I'm not waiting to get ready, I'm getting ready right now. And so right where you're at, I want us to just pray. I want you to pray in your heart. Say, God, show me, show me areas I can grow. If, if you're a wife in this place, Lord, show me how I can be submissive. Show me where I can grow in my respect for my husband. God, if, if there's attitudes and mindsets and how, how I view my husband, if it's not in, in a way that is looking at him like he can be the king that he is called to be, help me. Help my mind. Help me to honor my husband above myself. If you're a husband in this place. And, and the Lord's convicting you about loving your wife and providing spiritual leadership, ask him, just say, God, lead me so I can lead this woman. God, lead me, give me that humility, just like you humbled yourself, just like you died for us. Give me that selflessness. Just, just pray right now, meet the Lord, right? He's meeting you right where you're at. And commit your, your, your relationship to him. Give God your marriage. Maybe you're in this place, if you have an unbelieving spouse, Pray for their soul right now and ask the Lord to continue. Don't, don't lose hope. Continue to pray for your spouse and believe and let God use you to be the witness to him. And God, I just pray for our marriages right now. I pray for the future marriages at Crossroads. God, I just thank you so much that you are a faith God. and I thank you for the gift of marriage that you have given us. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to strengthen our marriages, God, that we would continue to lock our, our marriage door so that the enemy would never get a foothold within our relationships. And God, if he has, Lord, we repent and we ask for forgiveness. We ask for healing. We ask for restoration. We ask for blessing. We ask for your hand to be on our marriages, God. I pray for thriving marriages at crossroads. I thank you, Lord, that, that they are going to be a picture of Christ and the church. I pray that people would look. I pray even in this next year, Lord, that as spouses grow together, that people that are so close to them can see something so evidently different about their life. And God, that they would be careful to give you the glory and praise because it is you working in and through them. We commit it to you. And right now, I just want to give an opportunity because before we can ever become a good spouse, before we could ever contribute anything good to a relationship, We must enter in the most important relationship, and that is with Jesus. And if you're in this place and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, just know that God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die for you. And that if you believe in him, you will find life. But without him, you will perish because the wages of sin is death. And so today, it's a free gift. You cannot earn salvation. You receive Jesus by faith. And so we're going to pray right now. And if that's you in this place, I just want to know who I'm praying for. And if you say, Bianca, pray with me, I'm giving my life to God. You can just slip up your hand and slip it back down. And then we're going to pray and we're going to allow you to make that commitment to the Lord. And if you're saying, Bianca, pray with me, I'm giving my life to Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. See that in. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Can we all just pray this together? Can we encourage those? If you're watching online, if you're giving your life to Christ, can we just pray with those that are making this fresh commitment today? Can you just pray, Dear Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Help me follow you all the days of my life. Forgive me of my sins and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just celebrate today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.